Prepare to have knowledge bestowed upon you. Here comes the number one podcast for Dynasty Fantasy Football, half PPR, 10 and 12 man leagues, the Fantasy Podfathers. GM Ronzo here with The Architect, and this is the Fantasy Podfathers, a podcast dedicated solely to Dynasty Fantasy Football using a half PPR as our format, and as always, no kickers. It's a very special episode today. You know, we've reached the NFL trading deadline. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Meow, 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 meow. Oh, sorry. I had the uh, cat button pushed in for that one. Sorry. Uh, good to be with you. I feel like I find myself every year this NFL trade deadline being like, oh, it was so much better last year. They're, they're getting better. Yeah, and then, every and, little improvements. Yeah, and then you're like, no, no, actually, it it never it never is. It's always one of two things happens. Like what happened this year, nothing happens fantasy relevant, and then you get um you get like uh an offensive player who goes somewhere where it's like crowded already. Um, yeah, you know there there was so many moves that made sense, and like you go on the internet that's right? usually the week leading up to the nfl deadline is all these mm-hmm. amazing great common sense trade scenarios that don't happen i think correct well, me let me I'm let wrong. me ask you this yeah um who is your biggest fantasy prisoner the guy who you were just looking to be freed with the deal i, I thought i thought the most obvious like the most obvious player out there to go somewhere was marlon mack just from just from a standpoint that he's not a star, um, he's asked for a trade. The team is is he's he's not on the outs with the team. The team's also like Marlon Mack. You are solid for us. We drafted Jonathan Taylor. You hurt your knee. Like, you know, sometimes you see those trades where the team's like, let's let's not keep him in purgatory. Let's get him out there. Um, right. Just you know, we feel like we owe this guy at least that much. Right. They have Jordan Wilkins. They've got Naeem Himes. They've got Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Um, Marlon Mack's not getting any play. And, you know, I think the only thing that stopped that from happening is that uh, Tennessee's in their division. I, I really do think if Marlon Mack was in the NFC, he'd, he'd be with the Tennessee Titans today. Uh, for um, me, it was yeah. Allen Robinson. Yeah. I, uh, wow. I mean, even looking at the numbers last week, he, he got surpassed by, uh, the number two. Mm-hmm. He's, he is just in purgatory and I was hoping he'd be set freed. A couple other interesting guys. Um, obviously Ertz already went. Yeah. And, yep. uh, Ingram was another dude, just a lot of tight yeah. ends that maybe if they move to a better situation, some talent that, uh, just, yeah. Needs a new spot. Let's kind of talk about those few guys. Uh, let's talk about Mac. Let's talk about Robinson. Like, like I said, Marlon Mack, Tennessee was was where he went from being fantasy irrelevant to being a possible top fifteen fantasy player. Right. Right. I mean, I guess anybody to that Tennessee position gains that value, but a guy like him instantly gains right. trade value in a dynasty. Right. Um, and then, you know, for you on your end with like a guy like Alan Robinson and, and I can um, I'm going to say uh, you own Alan Robinson in the nasty. The nasty, a 10 man half PPR dynasty featuring practice squad. 
yeah, I have much, much stock in Robinson. Three of my four dynasties, I believe. So for me, in that same league, the Nasty, I own Odell Beckham Jr., which I also thought was like, well, he's going because they don't use him and he's not happy there. Yeah. Um, and I think both of us were probably like uh, had a little bit of a, a half chub going into this uh, trade deadline here of taking these roster spots and turning them into usable players. Uh, now both of us are stuck with uh, Odell Beckham still being a Brown and not usable and Allen Robinson still being a bear and not usable. Right. I, I'm thinking Robinson's got to be nearing the end of the contract. Beckham too. Which, last year. Uh, which was kind of why they made sense as guys that we should be looking for to be dealt. The team's probably not going to re-sign him. Who, who would sign back up for that fucking purgatory intentionally? Yeah. So it's it that that's the big thing, guys with talent in a bad location. I could be uh, I could be incorrect here, but I do believe what is happening to both of these guys is that maybe not with Beckham, but I know for Robinson for sure they were franchise tagged. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, I know, I know Odell was due like 17 million. So the problem is, problem is, you know, as a franchise, do you, do you want to give up a fifth round pick and $8 million for, uh, Odell Beckham for half a season or Allen Robinson? Because you're not trading for a guy that you get for three years. You're going to, you're going to have to turn right around and, and pay them a bigger contract if they do well. If you uh, keep them it, or yeah. the other scenario is that you're looking at it as a rental, but then that value has to be made palatable with probably a conditional late round pick, probably, you know, a, a six that could become a five or maybe a four if he sees X amount of snaps. But yeah, it's that the, the cap, that cap just makes everything more complicated to find a dance partner. Sure does. Um, well, let me ask you then from the standpoint, where would you – Allen Robinson can get traded to anywhere. Where does he go that makes you the happiest? Green Bay. Green Bay. Good call. <laughs> That's just off the top of my head. I had no answer yep. prepared, but the first yep. thing that popped into my head, wide receiver, needy team, great quarterback. Uh, yeah, not only in, in conference, but in division, like sharing a backyard fence. Like, uh, never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know where I want Odell Beckham to go? This is going to be, this is going to be weird purely from a football production standpoint. This makes no sense whatsoever, but, uh, I'd love to see him go to Detroit. Um, two reasons. <laughs> one, he, he's instantly the number one wide receiver in Detroit, hands down, like not even like. Like right. the problem with Beckham right now is he's just not getting targets. Now it doesn't That's make sense. It doesn't given. make sense for Detroit to go out and trade for Odell Beckham Jr. They're terrible. And for that reason, being number two is why I would like Odell Beckham to have to go to Detroit because I just don't like <laughs> the guy. <laughs> it seems like it seems like a good punishment. Like you know what? Let's send him to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Ooh, you mm -hmm. know that just doesn't seem. I don't think he got the message. I think. No. We've got a, I hate to do it to him, but you're heading to Detroit, pal. Yeah. Who did, didn't some, I feel like that just happened to some player just got traded from, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we've talked about this guy before and uh, 
Dan Arnold, uh, the tight oh, end right. from the Panthers. They were three and zero when he got traded to Jacksonville. That's got to be like, <laughs> hey, uh, it's kind of like uh, if you've seen. Well, you know what? Role. It's been great winning, but you uh, you weren't part of it because we don't right. need you. You could be whisked away to Delaware. Hi, <laughs> I'm in <laughs> Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> um, you know, uh, another wide receiver that I think we were surprised didn't go was uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, yeah, he was big fodder on the wire. Right. I'm not sure what his contract situation looks like. I can't imagine it's overly prohibitive, especially for how much he's produced. Right. So I, yeah, I was really thinking, well, they're not going to be able to move Watson. The season's pretty much shot. They're on to their third string quarterback, you right. know, who cares? And right <laughs> now, nah, I guess we're, we're locked in. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Brandon cooks, it, it's almost a surprise that he's not traded because he's been traded so many times. Yeah. That's what I think I mentioned this in, uh, in another podcast, but he was one of those guys that I would never take. Yep. Because I assumed he was shit because he can't stay on a team longer than a season. I thought if a guy's that talented, he shouldn't be shown the door every right. year. Like, the, why do they keep moving on? And it turns out his numbers are fantastic and he produces everywhere he goes, but it really does. He doesn't stay. No. No, I don't. Uh... And I really, off the top of my head, I'm going to say uh, Brandon Cooks in San Francisco would be juicy. Because I think, I think, um, I think Ayuk was supposed to be what Brandon Cooks is in Houston. Well, I don't know. When Ayuk is healthy, and speaking of trades, if you got patience and you got some depth to spare, it mm-hmm. might be a good time to go take a run at Ayuk. Mm-hmm. Because when Debo Samuel was out last year, he was taking something like 70% of the friggin' targets. He was. He was real good. I don't I do not know what's going on with that guy this year. I think he's still coming back from uh <clears throat> He's coming back from injury. Yeah. And <laughs> and I don't think he's uh basically the coach said he's not where he sh- he needs to be. Yeah, <laughs> he worded it poorly. He essentially said, "Kind of, he needs to be better." Mm. Like, like no. So then, you know, that got spun. It's like, oh, he's in the doghouse, and it's like, no, he's just, he's not back. He's not playing well. They can't rely on him just yet. I believe is the deal. Do you think like Ayuk has that <clears throat> motivational quote up on the wall in his gym? You need to be better, right? <laughs> I will be better. <laughs> Any other, uh, since we're on this subject, any other wide receivers you can think of that should have should have gone? I I, I kind of think of teams that are um, that are kind of out of it for the season that have a, that have a player, right. you know. I, I more look at guys who are either unhappy with target share or nearing the end of a contract or both, mm-hmm. which is why I said Robinson for me. Um, Beckham. The funny thing is when you mentioned. which spot you'd like to see him go. I started thinking, well, you know, he needs kind of a guy that kind of like to chuck it downfield and make these big plays. And the first guy that popped into my head was, yeah, he'd be great with Mayfield. Yeah, he would be. (laughs) I was like, wait, wait a minute. No. uh, Right. Like who else kind of has that mentality and, and slings the ball. I mean, maybe, uh, Uh, Herbert. 
Uh, actually, I think you just, I actually think you just gave me the, the place by, uh, I'd love to see him in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, especially with them losing Ridley. Ooh, you know what? That's interesting. Yeah. That would have been, been good. good. Yeah. You know, yeah go because, get him and Allen Robinson. God damn it. Yeah. Cause, cause if you've got a guy struggling with mental health, you probably want to replace him with Odell Beckham. Yeah. Well, if you've got a 39 year old quarterback, you might as well just bet the farm. Maybe you want to replace the quarterback with Odell Beckham. Well, speaking of, uh, that's a guy you'd mentioned the other day. Could mm-hmm. he be a surprise move? And as soon as you said it, I thought, you know what? Does Atlanta just fold it up and say to hell with this? We need to, because <clears throat> yeah. the new NFL formula is you've got a hit on a quarterback in the rookie contract. Yeah. That's your window to win. That's uh, Atlanta's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? Yeah, it seemed like there was there was enough stuff there that you felt like maybe they could be okay. And mm-hmm. now it's just like, fuck. Well, you've still got enough stuff there, but if you're eating uh, 20 to 30% of your cap space on a quarterback who's got you know, lead feet, yeah. <sighs> maybe it's time to scrap that uh, particular salary cap structure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, let's stay with the quarterback theme. I really, I, I almost, almost wanted to message you so it could be in writing. Uh, it didn't happen, but <laughs> but it it made so much sense to me. I had a I had a uh, a scenario that I thought made a lot of sense, and I thought it was going to happen because um, you know I'm a Broncos fan, and and we moved Von Miller um, two days ago here yesterday actually we moved Von Miller, and it just to me was like writing on the wall we're going to fold the season right yeah um, for sure but they're four and four. So I'm not really quite sure. That's um, what Stu Gatz kept saying today. They're still right. in it. They're still in it. So I Teddy don't. Teddy Bridgewater does what Teddy Bridgewater does. Well, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Okay. I think what the plan would be is they're going to draft a rookie quarterback, um, or they're going to go hard after uh, one of these veterans like an Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, it, yeah, that, right. that, that cap space, as soon as I saw that, I went, Oh, yeah. there's, there's that Rogers move. Yeah. So, so that I look at the Broncos doing one of those two things. And I thought when the Broncos folded, I thought, I thought two more moves were coming and they both make so much incredible sense. And I thought if the Denver Broncos took a second and third round pick for Von Miller, they could get two more second round picks. Well, maybe a second, maybe a four out of these deals. Deal number one that made so much sense, and I almost messaged you on this. Teddy Bridgewater to the New Orleans Saints. That it's system, like, he he played well there. I, that's the position where you're like, okay, you got Drew Locke behind him. He, like, be done with that. Like, for a Broncos fan, like, just put right. him out on the field and just make him. I just fucking pull the cord. Just do it. Just do it, you know? Like, yeah. At this point, you might as well, we're four and four. Yeah, we're still technically in it, but that team's not winning a Super Bowl. So you might as well just. just... And with those rookie contracts, the way they're structured, yeah. you can, you can see, you can eat that. He can sit mm-hmm. on your bench. You just got to put him out there and show and point to the fan base and say, well, look there. See, see, he can, he's, we got to do something. To, yeah, this is just, he can be a, he's a quality backup. Yep, he's not even that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's not. I, I want him to be so much, but, but um, you know, 
his his uh, touchdown celebration was like the Buzz Lightyear laser beam, and I'm like, was it really? Yeah, dude. And, uh, where and, did they draft him? Uh, was he a second. one or a two? Okay, he was a second. He was a second. <clears throat> Um, and then the other move I thought was coming for sure. Um, I thought Melvin Gordon to the Titans was going to happen right afterwards. Oh, that would have made so much sense. Right, Gordon's in his last year of his contract. Uh, you got the Titans over a barrel. Um, you could just probably get probably get maybe a three. That would be a lot, but you might be able to get a it three out of like, Gordon. But I mean, for desperation, I mean, right. for you, for a guy you can just plug into your offense. Then, because those two obvious moves didn't happen, does that mean the Broncos thought this was the last sell-high moment for Von Miller? Um, I, I, I think it honestly speaks more to the Rogers situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're clearing that cap space. You, you now you get uh, some draft capital back in return. You've got your offensive weapons. What are they still? Judy's just coming back. Judy just came back last week. Yeah. yeah, so you've got a couple wide receivers, you've got a tight end, you keep both of your running backs. Because mm-hmm. now, I mean, like I said, it's not cost prohibitive. You're not paying Walker shit. Right. So, I yep. mean, Gordon's got a good contract, but who cares? That's why, like, yeah, like you say, if you offload Bridgewater, I, that, that one actually shocks me when I hear it out loud. It, it's yep. a perfect fit for the Saints. The Broncos don't need him. I, I mean, I yep. guess you don't want to wave the white flag too much and say your tank I mean, they're in the mix uh, can you think of any other uh trades that should have been in the nfl here but i was always pushing for a late pick to get Minshew into the steelers mm-hmm. uh, i think he's a guy who could be a solid backup mm-hmm. which i don't think is something we can say we have right now <laughs> Right. Uh, I mean, Rudolph, like everything you said about your quarterback in the second, I mean, shit, we spent a third on him. And I, I thought he had all the arm talent to do it. Yeah. But uh, Rudolph and, and Drew Locke are so, so the same as that. The fact that I bet you just like, I can't stand it. I bet you can't stand looking at Mason Rudolph's face. Yeah. Because yeah. I I literally I went into that draft wanting Mason Rudolph. Uh-huh. I wanted them to take him in the second, and when they didn't, I was like, "Oh man, well there went that. We'll never get him." We got him in the third. I was celebrating. I said, "That that's the guy I wanted all along." And uh, boy, I uh, I fucking uh, fucking got him. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> so, you did. Yeah. As with fantasy trades, sometimes you get what you fucking wanted. I find myself every year, uh, we can segue into this. Like when I'm looking at a trade, I find myself being like, mm, I'll probably regret that. And then, you know, like not hitting the send button, building a trade and then being like, no, that's a bad idea. Yeah. I, uh, honestly, probably the, some of the best trades I've had in the last 10 years are the ones that I did not make. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have found every time I try to make a deal to make a playoff run, it bites me in the butt. And I'm just like, uh, I'm, I'm faced with this right now. We can segue into this. I own Derrick Henry. <clears throat> uh, yes, I have some stock as well. Um, what a blow. I mean, what, what a blow. He has 
51 points more than the next running back. 51 points more. That's why so I looked at trading him last year because I thought this is val. I mean, you're never going to get more value for him. No, but I just couldn't. It was like, I don't care. I, I will ride this until, until the wheels fall off. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's the approach you kind of have to take with a guy like him. So let, let me, uh, let me ask you this in this situation, you own Derrick Henry, he gets hurt. You look at your roster, you realize he's one of your top fantasy producers. We're going to use the nasty, for example. Okay. Nasty. And I'm going to tell you, which, which I, I love the irony of what's happened here, by the way, because the first podcast we did, I point out this random person by the name of Jeremy McNichols. <laughs> right? right. Never heard of him. He's I get like, stock in it. Uh, I think two of my dynasties, I had him. Right. <laughs> and uh, there he is. All of a sudden, he's he's in a spot now. So you've got this uh, situation here where I, I look at the uh, I look at our wire in the nasty, and we have right now we have Latavius Murray, Mark Ingram, Giovanni Bernard, Jeremy McNichols. Uh, that that's your that's your top guys. And if you really, really want to say, who else could we add to this mix to make it interesting? Well, let's throw in 36-year-old Adrian Peterson. Well, that's that's enough to get me excited. Let, I mean, this is just kind of like almost like a trade to a team. What, what What's your thoughts on Adrian Peterson being the replacement for Derrick Henry? Um, That I'm sadly probably going to have to take a couple of swings at him in a few leagues. Yeah. Uh, I don't like how that makes me feel. Yeah. Say, say it uh, like this, say this week for one of my running backs, I'll be starting Adrian Peterson. That oh, it's just, I'm going to the wire. I'm going to pick him up. He's going to have like 12 carries. It's, it's, he's going to have eight yards. It's not right. going to go well. McNichols is going to wind up with all these catches. I'm going to look like an idiot. But what, you know, so, so you look at the wire, but then the reason why I'm, I'm talking about playing the wire is so none of those guys excite me. None of those guys, I don't look at any of those guys and I, I say, that's the, that's the piece. That's, that's the solution I mean. right that's there. The solution, right? I, I need me some Adrian Peterson as putty in this gap. And then I'm, I'm good. I think we, we put her on the water and go. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much, that's pretty much championship right there. Right. I, all I was missing from my run was Adrian Peterson. At this point in the season, we're, we're exactly halfway through the, the regular season here. You're kind of looking at actually, yeah, this week is halfway through because we've got an extra game. This will be week nine. So um, confusing. I know, right? Uh, I hate change. I hate I, it. I don't like it either. I'm I'm pretty opposed Too to it. Too old to have things be different than any way I used to do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree. I Keep agree. everything regular. Yeah. Talk uh, American. I, you're cutting out some of just my rabbit ears, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I look at this and, uh, you know, it gives you two things to think about. One, do you play the wire? Two, do you make a trade? Okay. And this is, 
this is the challenge and let's talk about the difference of trading in a dynasty versus trading in a redraft league. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is trading in a dynasty and I think this might be the thing that I like the most about playing in a dynasty is you add the element of draft picks being so important in a dynasty. Well, it's just, it's the perfect thing to bridge value gaps, right? Because it's so impossible to get two guys valuing things the same way, but it's like, all right, let me, if I toss in a third, are we good? And it's like, yeah, that, that makes it enough. Right. Now I feel like I've won. Yeah. Well, so I toyed around last night. I played around the world with, uh, my buddy and we actually played around the world a little bit different and it would fall in beautiful to this segment. Actually, we decided that we were going to take a first round pick in the, in the nasty. So our future first round pick in the dynasty and say, let's find a running back that you think a, you could get for a first round pick straight up and B was worth a first round pick straight up to finish wow. out your fantasy season. Wow. That yeah. is a- interesting game we ended up with about two players for that scenario i'm sure there can't be many there's not many because you were either overpaying or underpaying or underpaying and the one thing um about playing in a league for 11 years like we have is you you kind of can already look at people's rosters and say well that person's not gonna make that trade like you, you know you know who has value and who's going to hold on to them. And, you know, what I like to think of, too, is at this time of year, first thing I do is I look at the bottom four or five teams. And I start to look for their rosters and say, who would they give up because they're giving up on the season and they'd like to rebuild next year for a first-round pick? Um, and so we started looking through, and um, in our league, that – the person who uh, is in that spot owns these running backs and this, uh, we're not going to do this on every team, but it'll give you an idea of how hard the game actually turned out to be. Would you give up a future first round pick for Zach Moss? No, no, you would not. Would no, you? Give I up, like him. I do too. Would you give up a future first round pick for Naeem Hines? I would not. Okay. Would you give up a future first-round pick for Devonta Freeman? No, sir. No, you would not. Would you give up a future first-round pick for Devonte Booker? No. Would someone sell you Saquon Barkley for a future first-round pick? Um, I just offered a two and a player and was quickly roundly refused. I can't imagine a one straight up is going to get you any more traction than that did. I tried it two weeks ago. Yeah, no dice, I'm sure. No dice, and not and not from the standpoint of uh, no talk to me in a few weeks if if I'm see if I can come back around. Uh, of no, I can't replace Saquon Barkley with that first round pick next year, so I'm not going to do right. it. Right. We'll see this particular scenario, and the only reason I actually offered it is this guy had him on the block. Okay. So I was like, well, you know, I'm not a huge fan or anything, but if you've got him on the block, uh, he's a Bears fan. I knew he tried to get Mooney earlier. I made a move, got Mooney in a two. 
I thought I'd turn around and flip it. Uh-uh, yep. just shut it down. I talked to another team that has pretty much every player that fits this MO, but they're not going to make any moves, okay? So <laughs> uh, we we know this uh, fellow in our leagues as Z-Land Sleepers. He happens to own the perfect roster of running backs worth a first-round pick where both teams make out good because the long-term potential of these players is not good. Okay. So, okay. So you've got to hit that sweet spot of like 27, 28. Uh, this is more, they are only starters because of injury. Daryl Henderson, Jr. Per- perfect target to trade a first round pick for to win this year. Perfect target. He's the number one in a Rams offense next year. Cam Akers comes back. He won't get all the carries. Okay. So I would be, I would be very happy to give up a first round pick for Daryl Henderson making a playoff run. Um, Same thing for James Robinson. He's another player where I'm like, he's a top 10 running back this year. Surprisingly, he's got Chase Edmonds, which I wouldn't give up a first round pick for. He's got Damian Harris that I would give up a first round pick for. Um, so those are three guys that I would say he also owns Elijah Mitchell, which I don't think you can get Elijah Mitchell for a first round pick anymore. I if, think, yeah, if you think he's the guy there. Yeah, mm-hmm. dynasty too far out. So anyways, right. it gives you just giving you some examples. I'm not going to run through this whole game. But at the end of the day, the player that made the most sense to trade for in this scenario was Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Right. He's solid. He's on a good team. He's um, not, doesn't have this huge long-term value, but you could give up a first round pick and maybe get two years out of this guy as a starter. Um, That was the only guy I could find that I was like, Hmm, I could give up a first round to try to win this year for that player. Um, outside of that, it's it's really tough. And that just goes like trading in a dynasty. Uh, it's so much different because you're looking at the long-term value, not the value of just this season. And you've got to make that balance. Do I want to give up? Because next year, I mean, you took uh, Javante Williams this year yes. with your first-round pick in this <clears throat> league. Now, I would much rather have Javante Williams uh, next year than Leonard Fournette. I would much rather have him than Daryl Henderson. I'd much rather have him than James Robinson going into next year. So I'm giving by going after a guy like Fournette for first round pick, you're giving up a, a Javante Williams possibility next year. And so you really have to balance. Uh, am I going to win this year? Or am I looking at, at long-term success? And, and especially for me, I'm more of a Stan Pat guy than uh, a, a move maker. But this particular season, what it's been for injury, for the running back position, the dumpster fire that is the wire, <clears throat> I probably roll the dice and yeah. say, you know what? Everybody else is in the same shitty position. And uh, let, let's, let's just let's see what happens. Yep. Yeah, I I think this year is a, a special sort of challenge. It really it, is. It really is. This is nothing like I ever remember. And I, I feel like 
more than likely we we say that and it, it you know doesn't kind of turn out to be that way but um you well, know this because stretch right here though this is something else because you know you every you, somebody has every year they deal with a big ir thing but this is every team and i i made the the move i i moved i went for miles sanders he got me one quarter of football before he hurt himself yeah um, i think the problem here is you i believe i am but that is the one common denominator yeah it's it's painful but but not <laughs> not really because i start to look at other teams rosters at the running back position and it's pretty disgusting no and as a perfect example example to that you and i are both in an identical conundrum in a different dynasty mm -hmm. uh edwards hilaire and montgomery yes yeah <laughs> so i mean and there you're talking about a whole different running back setup and in that particular league i have to start both broncos running backs this week wow yeah that's who i have <laughs> well you know i don't know if you've looked ahead but you know you and i face each other this week oh i did not know that in fact let, let's talk about how um this is interesting but um you know you are in first place and i'm in second place we are separated by 11 points wow so we're having pretty much identical seasons um so something's got to give game. It's really interesting um, and very different from what, from how I usually uh, roll here is you have made 19 roster moves on the year. Yeah. And I have made eight. And usually in that league, it's, it's would be the reverse of that. So that yeah. really goes to show you are usually not a guy who, uh, who moves around that much. Eight would be high for me in a normal right. season, honestly. Yeah, you're at 19 already. It's crazy. I had to rehaul the whole tight end position, which has been just a – that's where most of the moves have been right there. It's been a tight end. A couple of running backs. Yeah, you're running back. You, you did a, a solid job the last two years rebuilding that running back spot. Yeah, and I still have Carter on the squad. So Yes, you do. Um, I, I toyed with bringing him up this week, so we will see. I uh, – I could I could give you my wire picks for running backs because I have one dollar left, so I am a non-factor in the yeah. bidding in that league. So yeah, um, I'm kind of counting on getting no one and looking at bringing up Carter tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Are you uh, are you considering um, uh, going in with? Well, who who are you going to put your dollar on? Because I I'm gonna anyone that I'm putting on there, I'll put more than a dollar on. Oh, I I just listed them all up and put a dollar on all of them. Okay. I got three or four backs. I was like, you know what? If somebody lets one go, I'll get one. Yep. And and odds are I won't. So I'm just, yeah, I'll wait till everybody clears and then I'll bring up Carter. Um, let's talk about this a little bit strategy-wise uh, because I was thinking about this before we started our, our show and I know we're talking trades, but waivers are right in there with it. Um, right. Here's how I build my waivers every week on Tuesdays, I go to each league I'm in and I put like whatever players I'm interested, I just put them on there and I don't put any fob down at all. <clears throat> I just like make my list with no fob on it. And then I go back and I look at my list and then I apply my fob. Um, so like I can tell you right now in the nasty, I have six players on here with no fob attached to them. Damn. And then I'll, then I'll kind of go back and say, 
you know, it's, it's the equivalent of what you're doing with one dollar. I'll, right. I'll look at those guys and say, who do I really want? Who do I think I have to spend up on? And then I'll go down and say, okay, here's my target. I'm going to drop X amount of fob on this guy. And then this guy will put $2 on and this guy will put $2 on and this guy will put $2 on and this guy will put $1 on. Um, I kind of like to run it like that. Well, see, I'm also doing that for one roster space. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a, kind of that chain where I'll have them ranked in order. And then it's like, well, I have one spot. So yep. if you yep. know, one of them will, uh, yeah, I, I got my defense by is out of the way, so we don't need Atlanta hanging around no more. Yeah. So that's the perfect time. If you're willing to roll with one defense the rest of the way. And I am, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm gonna, I said, I hate to bring up a guy from the squad and lose that extra spot, especially yep. in a year like this, but adding Carter right now is like so far and away better than anything you're going to get off the wire. It's true. It's, it's true. just like, God damn, I'm good. <laughs> I can add a starter. Well, you must be pretty terrified this week playing me that you'll be facing miles Gaskin and Boston Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Deal with, well deal with that. Hmm? I've been beat by worse. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I hate that. I know when you got a guy where you're like, <laughs> you literally laugh at an entire position and then mm -hmm. they put up like 47 between these two nobodies and like, ah, oh. all, all three of my losses in the, in that league are, are that scenario where I've looked at another team and been like, Oh really? And then you're like, really? Like when Cordell Patterson put up 35 against me and I was just like, you gotta, you gotta be kidding. Like it's, it's too bad not to be good. Yeah, I got one of Brady's like 52 point game where it's like, you got to be shitting me. Right. And this week, like we talked about last week, um, I actually tried to bench Herbert in every uh -huh. dynasty I had him. I don't like him against Bill Belichick. Uh, but in the nasty, I had nobody to bench him for. Yeah. And, and I got in a dog fight. And uh, so it wound up that I had uh, Williams for Kansas city. Mm -hmm. I needed 18 out of him to win, but in my 12 man, I was going against Williams and that guy only needed eight out of him to beat me. So it was like, oh. oh man, if he scores between eight and 18, I'm taking the double cock punch. And that is exactly what happened. What is it? 10, uh, 14. Okay. Oh just, yeah. Just yeah. enough to, to, to really rub it in. Yeah, where, where even a late painful. fumble wouldn't have changed it. So it was like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to bed. Yeah, those are. Yeah, there, there's nothing worse. And then you're, you know, then you wake up on Tuesday and you're like, I'm fine. I'm not yeah. going to I'm not going to let fancy football put me in a bad mood. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> and and then the and then the first person you see at work is like, hey, how you doing? Why don't you fuck off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I guess I'm still carrying that with me. Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> but there's always Wednesday wire clear, right? Um, you had mentioned that uh, you had a uh, some some trades come your your way um, last week after we talked tight end. Yeah, well, tying that back to the wire, we mentioned Azuma, and mm -hmm. I told you to be expecting a message from me Wednesday morning that said there he went, and yep. uh, promptly at six forty five, you got that message. <laughs> yep. He yep. is now he was out there in uh three of my four dynasties. He is now 100% owned. Uh just like that. 
so yeah and another thing we said in the tight end episode we were talking about kittle saying if you have or if you don't have him this is a perfect time to make a run mm-hmm. and if you do have him for god's sakes don't let somebody lowball you 48 hours after that episode posted i both sent an offer for kittle and got an offer for kittle and they were both it was just like i i swear like uh, okay here's in in flea flicker it was kittle for Gainwell, Ayuk, and a third. Mm, and Kittle for Ayuk, Gainwell, and a third. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I will tell you anyone anyone and and I actually will tell you I got a Gainwell offer as well last week. Uh, Gainwell was the ultimate sell high. He's going to be the guy in Philadelphia trade proposal and just flopped flopped not a not a good player to be trading for so uh i'm assuming you took that trade then uh no (laughs) and where is mine october 27th trade rejection i oh i tried jalen hurts uh that was another person we talked about in that episode Mm -hmm. we advised if you have him um don't don't do that anymore Right. Um, so I took our advice and promptly went to the wire. I found the guy in Big Ten. Big Ten Dynasty football. A 10-man full PPR dynasty with a practice squad. It's PJ. Okay. Who uh, had Russell Wilson. He was very short at quarterback and, in fact, started Geno Smith against me that week. <laughs> so I waited uh. till after we played, and then I packaged up Hertz and... Uh, uh, what, what did I send? Hurts for a uh, Mooney and a two. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. pretty solid. It's yeah. I'm, I'm high on Mooney. I think it was uh Chris Sims said he has three rockets up his ass. <laughs> so I, I, that sounds fantastic. I'll have some mm-hmm. of that. Yep. No, I, I do like Mooney and I will say we, uh, we said it was sell high time for Hertz and he ended up having his worst game of the season coming off of that, which was uh, a little episode, gratifying, yes. right? Where you're like, what am I doing? Oh, that's what I'm doing. He's, if he doesn't get, a, if he doesn't get a rushing touchdown, he's not good. Well, I was also in a unique position in that league. Um, the year before I drafted three rookie quarterbacks, nice. uh, Burrow, uh, Herbert, and and it hurts. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. my I it's like I can't be having all of them. So somebody had to go and he was yep. my third round pick. So I got a two and a wide out of it. And like I said, in my good try, I uh yeah. I tried to take that exact haul and flip it in, in an offer for uh uh another player. And mm-hmm. it uh didn't didn't happen. Uh I have a uh I have a good try story for you. I don't even know if I've told you about this trade, but uh, in the nasty, I was offered. So, like I said, I trade for Miles Sanders right before he got hurt. Um, it's three weeks gone. I do think from the injury, I'm only going to not have him for three weeks. Um, but someone who owns Eliza, Elijah Mitchell um, offered me this deal. He said, I see you own Miles Sanders, and I own Eliza, Elijah Mitchell, and you drafted Trey Sermon. Perhaps I could give you Kenneth Gainwell and a third round pick for Trey Sermon and a first round pick. Oh, shit. And I said, 
no, thank you. Uh, I am not giving up on someone eight weeks into the season uh, for to move down two rounds in the draft and grab the third round running back on the Eagles uh, team. And I don't think he's, I, I think everyone thought when Miles Sanders got hurt that then Kenneth Gainwell was going to be the next starting running back for the Philadelphia Eagles for five, six years. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Miles Sanders is hurt for three weeks and Gainwell did exactly what he did when Miles Sanders was there. He was the third down back. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that shiny object in dynasty that, that, that people think you're going to respond to, but it isn't always that way. Well, because everybody who, everybody who has the guy is sky high on him. And then they, it's like, no, you, you only have that optimism because you're holding the lottery ticket. You've got two of them open and they're both cherries and you're trying to give them to me telling me the third one's going to be a cherry. Like, you know what? Hang on to that. And then once it is come back and we'll talk. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. And, and I think too, the other thing is like, it's like going with this. Never, (laughs) never trade one of your players who is shit at that moment. Like, like I I could not get any lower value than Trey Sermon than right now. Right. Could never be any lower than it is right now. So it, it is not the time to say, oh, this is a great idea. Here's a guy who I can't get anything for. Perhaps now I should move him for nothing. Like, no, it does you no good. Hold on to him until he has a game where may, maybe in a year from now in a dynasty, Elijah Mitchell gets hurt. Trey Sermon plays the Detroit Lions, gets 200 yards in a game trade him that day. Don't, don't trade him when he's got zero carries for three weeks, because it's not the right time to make those moves. Well, and especially you're talking about a guy who was just drafted. Like you said, eight games in, it's like, uh, I'll give you an example here. We added the practice squad in the nasty, I don't know, seven years ago or so. Mm -hmm. I was actually against that. I wanted to add roster spots, and here's why. A practice squad, for people who don't know, is basically where you take drafted or young players. They usually get a year or two of eligibility where they don't count against your roster. When that that's the case and the player's protected, the, the guys will just hang on to them for two years. But in my 12-man, I made every drafted player, you had to house them. And I was seeing dudes give up on rookies Uh and I was just going like this practice squad is saving you guys from yourselves. (laughs) Like, right. Like I'm all for you want to bail on a guy six weeks in or four weeks, cut him. Yep. Yeah, no. And, and, uh, you know, it, you usually are, sometimes you're, sometimes you're right, but when you're wrong, it hurts so bad. It just hurts to be wrong on a guy. I mean, it is, it is, painful to look back or to play against the guy that you cut and we've talked about this before you've cut some guys i've cut some guys i mean right we 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 have both been done wrong by the chiefs i cut tyreek hill you yeah. cut you cut travis kels um, yeah two we, or three times yeah like bad <laughs> bad moves and, and we you know we, you live and learn and then but what happens too is then you get nervous nervous about cutting a guy that you probably should cut you know, like, oh man, right, I can't. Right. I I will tell you right now. I asked you right before the podcast. I can't quit Rashad Penny, but I yeah. should. I yeah. really should. 
I was in that same boat. I had he and Goff in Big Ten, and I end up packaging them up for just for like nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was like I felt like a win because I got a draft pick and I cleared up roster space, and I haven't missed it. No. Well, Sometimes what? it's just you got to pull that goddamn Band-Aid and just be done with it. Yep. Well, let me give you um, Rashad Penny's season stats. Oh, okay. Okay, he's played in three games because he played in week one and then got hurt. And then he's been oh. back for two weeks since then. Okay. So keep in mind, too, Chris Carson, starting running back, has been out for the last two, last three games. Um Seattle has a bye, and we'll see if Chris Carson comes back in week 10 or if they shut him down for the year. But how are you feeling about a little Rashard Penny action if I told you through the course of three games he has 15 carries for 24 yards? I would believe you. That is awful. He's on my roster. Not only is yeah. he on my roster in the nasty, he's on my roster in the flea flicker as well because like the draft capital that the Seattle spent on him was so high. Now, I can't tell you who I've probably not picked up in place of Rashad Penny, but I guarantee I had some things that would be winning me more football games than Rashad Penny on my bench right now that I've been like, I can't do it. Hey, you're talking to a guy who spent like two and a half or three years holding Christine Michael. Mm, I do remember that. Is actually, I drafted, I traded my, I traded my whole goddamn draft to get Le'Veon Bell. So I was in some weird position where I only had two twos and yeah. it was he and Kelsey that I took that year before we had the aforementioned mm-hmm. practice squad. And <laughs> there wasn't room to keep some rookie tight end who wasn't seeing the field. And, you know, Christine Michael, he's, he's destined for the hall of fame. Yeah, he really is. He really oh. is. He was so good. I know R- running, running backs are frustrating. So frustrating. Um, on the running back level, there's one other thing I want to mention here on, on trades. Um, this is the time of year where you could look for a backup running back that could become a league winner for you if there's an injury. And if you can get them in a throw in in a deal, it's a solid, solid, solid play. Um, I have a guy in mind that I think is the number one backup running back to own if someone got injured. Um, I'm wondering if, if anyone pops into your head when you when uh, when I say that. As soon as you said that, the name that came in was Pollard. I was going to say, let's say it on three because I know you, <laughs> you and I are are both in that league. Uh, the I other, I believe we are splitting the stock in all of my dynasties. Either yeah. you or I have him in every league I play in. Big Pollard fan, uh, second in the league in rushing yards per attempt, only to Lamar Jackson. Wow, the ball's uh, gone crazy. It is uh, the. The other player that uh, pops to my hand, head is Alexander Madison. Yes. Uh, from the Vikings is a guy I really like. And then, of course, um, the biggest one, Adrian Peterson, in case Derrick Henry gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, right. Because right. <laughs> that's that's what you thought would happen. Uh, how much fob w- would you put on Adrian Peterson if you had all In the nasty fob? $1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I should actually go look at my phone because I think there may be a league 
where I did put fob on him. Yeah. I, I looked at it in the nasty and thought to myself, I don't know if I can put fob on this guy. Like, I, like, like, I don't know if I wake up tomorrow and I, I open up my roster and I say, nice. Ah, fixed. Got it. Got it. <laughs> fixed so, it. High five. And, and that's one of those moves where it's like, maybe I'm being stupid. Maybe, maybe Adrian Peterson has potential to have 60 yards and a touchdown every week, which in this he running back could. landscape, that's not terrible. But man, I kept waiting for Frank Gore to get a call. I, <laughs> you're totally right. You're totally right. Um, which, which, speaking of Frank Gore, if you don't know, you're new to the podcast. I circulated a petition a few years back to make owning Frank Gore not count as a roster spot. Anyone mm-hmm. who owned Frank Gore, like he was just a freebie, he like you could just rent him. He was like one of those community red bikes. Like anybody who wants to use Frank Gore for a week, just pick him up. <laughs> just- <laughs> I it, it it failed in a league vote, but just know that my heart was in the right place. And how do you uh, how do you recharge a Frank Gore? You just take him home and put him in like an ice bath, and then you drop him back on the curb for someone to rent. It's like a hyperbaric chamber, and you gotta <laughs> rub it on the outside with steel wool that you've covered in the stuff from broken glow sticks. <laughs> but you gotta do it on a full moon because the moon activates the glow stick juice. <laughs> Frank Gore. I actually thought I, I think uh if you watched Monday Night Football last night, I think I think every single person who was uh, watching Monday Night Football Googled this. Is Derek Gore Frank Gore's son? I think they actually said something in the Manning cast. They're like, he could <laughs> be his kid. He played long <laughs> enough. Is uh his kid is actually two years shy of the NFL. I thought that was the deal. Yeah. I was like, no, I think he's too old for, for Frank's. Yeah. Yep. But you never know. He is superhuman. That- also, if you want to be confused, his name is Frank Gore. So um, that'll be confusing when it happens. If you're like, wait, oh, wait, Frank Gore. Right. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. I grabbed the wrong Frank Gore. Um, I want to play a little game with you. Uh, I like I like to come up with fun stats every week. Uh, uh, yes. And I thought what would be fun this week is I, I would like to go running back, wide receiver, and tight end and talk targets, something I think is very good indicator of potential for a player. I'm going to quiz you and see if uh, see how well you do this week. Oh boy. So we're this not, could be interesting. Well, you'd you'd be surprised. You will be surprised. That's why I like doing these, but um I'm surprised. only looking at week 8 here, not on the season. Uh I'm just going into this last week and seeing is it a uh is it a trend or is it uh an outlier? Okay? So who do you think led all running backs with targets this last week? Running backs with targets. Week eight. I'm going to tell you this player also happened to be the leading, surprised leading running back on the week, fantasy-wise. Ooh, that's going to change my answer. Well, give me your answer. Well, I I was going to say, I will just go back to my old fallback of McKissick. Uh, He is number five. Wow. Just, he's he's just a great answer every every time. Mm Mm-hmm. Just going to plug him in there. 
Yeah, McKissick actually he scored 13 points. <laughs> you're you're gonna love the actual answer of who the number one running back was. Okay. Happens to be Michael Carter. Okay, I knew he had had a really good week. Uh, he's so. Side note, it was a bad week for running backs. Okay. Yeah. Um, like not a good week. Um, but he led all running backs with 27 fantasy points. But shockingly, he had 14 targets. Wow. That's insane. Well, I knew I saw the score and I saw his rush yardage and I knew it didn't make sense. No. And uh, yeah, that makes sense. Mike White. What the fuck? <laughs> I right? mean, I mean, Mike White comes beats the Bengals 34 31 throws for 400 and 14 targets to Michael. Like, is this, so here's my question. Is this a trend or is this an outlier? They had a week to prep for him. It's not mm-hmm. like he came in, you know, in the first quarter and they were like, Oh shit, who's this guy? It, uh, no, they, <laughs> they, yeah. they prepped for a week for that. Yep. Yeah, you you wonder if uh, you wonder if if Zach Wilson, uh, if if Michael Carter's value and 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 I like the guy. You you wonder if uh, unfortunately unfortunately you can't keep Mike White as your starting quarterback when Zach Wilson's healthy. Um, but you you would hope but that can Zach, you? God, you, no. I mean, you can't. I, I I'd let let the rookie sit. Oh man. Let the let this guy go take a pounding out there and let him watch. And yeah. I don't I don't rush him back. Pardon the pun, but you you uh, you might be right. Um, he might. Of course, be the guy. we'll see how he plays. If he plays like yeah. shit, it's it's not even a decision. You put Wilson back out there. But yep. if he has an you know a couple of three hundred yard games and doesn't turn the ball over a shitload and they look okay. Yeah, I, I mean, the reality is these coaches uh, don't want to lose that job either. So no, nope, no. Nope. But it, that call also may not be the coaches. <laughs> let's uh, let's round out the top five here, just so our our listeners know: uh, Michael Carter, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, J.D. McKissick, and of course Carlos Hyde. Are top five target, because of course Carlos Hyde. Right. Which um, because 2021. Well, and yeah. So before you're like, oh, maybe Robinson's hurt. Maybe I should go get some Carlos Hyde share. They play Buffalo next week. Ah, yes. So you can you can just be done with that. The the wide receivers only to me only have one surprise at the top this week. Um, if you watch the game last night. Um, which I attempted to do, and I uh, I loved me some football, and I found myself I fell asleep in the middle of the fourth quarter because the Chiefs are just not exciting to watch anymore. I used to like I I hate the Chiefs being a Broncos fan, but it was like that must was such watch a fun TV. offense though. It's but it's just it's painful. Um, so did you did you watch most of that game? I watched almost none of that game. Okay, so. Um, Tyreek Hill ended up with uh, 94 yards receiving. Yeah, and beat and me in, uh, in two leagues that yeah. uh, that weren't affected by the Chiefs running back. I lost the other two to Tyreek Hill. So 
I want to. Oh, and four in Dynasty this week by the damn Chiefs. Jeez. I uh, I won I won in two leagues because of Tyreek Hill, um, but um, 94 yards. Do you want to know how many targets it took for him to get 94 yards? Just to tell you where the Chiefs are nowadays. 12. 18 targets. Holy jeez! I thought it, 12 was insanely stupid high. No, that's had, uh, that used to be two. Right, two. Right, he'd have two catches for 103 yards and two touchdowns. Right. Uh, 18 targets, 12 yard or 12 receptions for 94 yards. Wow. Um, the I'm gonna give you um, I'm gonna give you four of the other top five, and then see if you can guess uh, the the guy who's a, a surprising high and, and who I would say in the dynasty world is is a big up and comer this year. Um, number th- he's number two on the list. Uh, number three is uh, Deontay Johnson from Pittsburgh. A uh, big target monster. Tyler Lockett out of nowhere with Geno Smith. Wouldn't be that crazy if it was Russell Wilson, but pretty crazy with Geno Smith. Agreed. And then uh, Amari Cooper tearing it up with Cooper Rush, the Cooper to Cooper connection. Ah, uh, yes. Which I saw some, uh, I saw one great comment on Cooper Rush is that he would be the guy who would play Carson Wentz in a Carson Wentz movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty spot on. Uh, that's uh, solid. <laughs> um, so with 15 targets on the week, uh, a second-year wide receiver, any guess who that would be? Mooney. It is Michael Pittman Jr. 10 catches, 86 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Carson uh, yeah. is, is locking into him. I did um, see the touchdowns, actually. I, I'm quite excited. Um, I, own, I have Michael Pittman shares in every league that I play in this year. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's uh, he was just like his, he's got the pedigree. His, his dad played and uh, he's got the body. He reminds me of Mike Evans is why I drafted him in a lot of leagues. Ah. I think he has that sort of potential. So nice tight end. We predicted this last week together. Uh, who do you think was leading targets in tight end world? Uh, going into last week, week eight. Azuma. <laughs> no, no. In fact, that's great because we talked about this, didn't we? How he would like he would be terrible yeah. as soon as you picked him up. As soon as everybody makes the move. Four, four targets. Yeah. 33 yards. Did he haul in all of them as you know per his nine, 92% rate that he's hauling this year? You know he did. That's and, amazing. And uh, if, you're, if your tight end is going four for four for 33 yards uh, in a losing effort that you put up 31 points, he's not consistent. <laughs> uh, I believe uh, I stated that if I was going to shop and buy any tight end in a dynasty right now, the number one person I would go for would be TJ Hawkinson. Yes. Uh, he did lead the league with 11 targets. Yeah, beat the shit out of me in one league. Yep. And also, uh, as we talked about on the podcast as well, as a guy that I kind of said, maybe in Dynasty you want to pay some attention, Dan Arnold was second in the league with 10 targets. Oh, wow. No way. And as you pointed out, the fantasy, the Dynasty guy to buy was Fryermuth. And he was third in the league with seven targets. So uh, we kind of look like geniuses. That's our that's our target share for the week. Always find it interesting to see uh, 
you know, that, that tells you some up and coming guys. Uh, Michael Pittman, Dan Arnold, Pat Frymuth, um, what did we and Michael Carter are all guys that are on the up and up and you and their target share shows it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that will actually tie into the uh, the trade segment. Tell me about this uh, trade okay. situation. <laughs> so this kind of ties in everything. Our last week tight end dynasty discussion, our nice try segment from earlier, and uh, actually a lot of the players we've already talked about. So I'll lay this scenario out for you. After last week's episode, I said I took a lot of runs at a lot of tight ends in a lot of leagues. Friermuth in my 12 man. I thought, okay, uh, I'll put together a big player deal. I believe I sent Alex Collins, Evan Engram, and Jared Goff for Friermuth. Okay. Thinking shot in the dark, you know, maybe three guys he'd be potentially starting a couple of them. So he rejects that today and comes back at me with this. Melvin Gordon and Zach Ertz. For Pat Fryermuth. For Fryermuth, straight up. In a dynasty. In a dynasty. Got 28-year-old running back. We've got 30-year-old tight end. Um, he actually Ooh. started Fryermuth this week, so I think he's basically getting the tight end to plug back in. Um, I, I was don't need to ask you if that's overpaying because I know it is. Um, the problem with that is I'm I'm still willing to do it theoretically. I don't I don't think that's overpaying. Um, no, my big no. Uh, but I, I have two questions to you on that note. One is what's your record in that league? I am currently three and five, but I'm one game out of fifth place okay what's what's your running back situation in that league well as you may have heard me reference earlier i was in a particular situation in my 12 man where i would be forced to start both denver running backs this is that situation um so the the caveat if you will to this whole trade is that i do not have a running back to plug into that second spot. Uh, um, that is the same league I referenced earlier with Edwards, Hilaire, and Montgomery on IR. Um, the Alex Collins that I previously mentioned in the trade is on by uh, the two Denver running backs, Trey Sermon. Um, that is my only other option to plug in um, as a starter. You don't. You didn't pick up Adrian Peterson a few weeks ago. I I've got fob on him. Yeah. Um, you, you have to in that situation. That That is a tough call. I would tell you Melvin Gordon and Zach Ertz in, for Fryermuth in a dynasty is I, I would do that trade all day if I was you. Yeah. And, so you, and I'd hate to be looking at this three years later and be like, well, you know, we week eight of 2021. I really I had to I had to have that game. Can he? Can you look at his roster and take like his lowest running back and see if he'll throw it into the deal just to have something? He's in last, which is helpful, but mm -hmm. he is starting Sony Michelle and Philip Lindsay. And thusly, he's in last. He's got Carson on IR. Mm -hmm. he's, oh my God, he's got Gurley. And he's got Perry from New England. 
Oh, yeah. Who is also on IR. Wow. So his only active running back who's not playing is, holy Jesus, he doesn't have one. You know, yeah. if you do the deal for Gordon and Ertz. Well, the, the thing holding me up is really just this week. I mean, uh, do I just go out there and drop a buttload of fob uh, because I'll have an extra bench spot? Um. I mean, I, I, I put say, in for McNichol and uh, Adrian Peterson, and I don't know who the hell else is out there, but not much in a twelve man. You'll find some. There'll be someone that gets you five points. They'll guaranteed. No matter how, no matter how bad it looks out there, you'll be able to grab. You know, like a Carlos Hyde after the, after Fob clears. You know what I mean? Like I know, I know it's probably pretty deep, but you'll True. be able to find someone who can get you three, four points that you won't have to spend Fob on. I I do that deal. I get I get my tight end that, that I like and get them locked up. Ertz has got one maybe two years, and Gordon's got one maybe two years. And uh, at at three and five, I, I know you're you're rolling the dice, but man, I don't think you got many more days left to, to buy Fryermuth. I I agree, and and I I looked at that price tag, and I thought you know in a twelve. Even at a 28-year-old running back, Ertz was just gravy. He's, you know, his his precipitous fall off is the reason I'm rebuilding the tight end position. Um, so yeah, this would it, the trade would render him completely unnecessary, and uh, I'm okay moving on from Gordon, especially as I said I have the other running back. So ah, shit, we're we're looking at doing this then, and then just playing the wire for this week. I would. I mean, you're. You know, if you're if you're sitting at at uh, six and two on the season and you can't make this risk, but you can make this risk right now. You're gonna you're gonna get better production out of uh, by the end of the season. Fryermuth and Ertz, Fryermuth should be scoring more than Ertz, and so really, you're basically getting the long term tight end and giving up Melvin Gordon's production. And I know Melvin Gordon is good, but I can tell you. Uh, you know he he's a top twenty running back right now. He's not. Did, he's yeah. Did you see that Fryermuth catch? Yeah, I did. Go oh get, my god, baby go. Jesus! This trade, my trade offer was in before that happened, and I was yeah. just like, oh, there went any hope of right of that mess. Yep, I I say go get him. I really do. I I I, I pull that that trigger because how how many how many tight end freaking um, draft picks can you waste, you know, in, in dynasty, they, they rarely turn out to be right. worth spending a pick on. You can just go out and get this guy and you're giving up aging tight end and aging running back. And I can't, and I would think that guy in last place, I think is a stupid move for him because what's he doing? Like he, he's trying to yeah, make a run, not- run at it. Right, he should be the guy trying to get Fryer right. moved. Right, exactly. So I, I I take advantage of it and say, okay, I'm going to lose about five points on Melvin Gordon a week, maybe six or seven points. But um, I can tell you from trading for, for running backs, they're always one freaking wrong turn away from spraining an ankle and missed them for four games. And Melvin Gordon's value only holds until this year, maybe maybe one more year. Yeah, he's hitting that running back cliff at 30 where it's... Yeah, 30 and a free agent. Yeah, I think you should uh, go get it. 
Uh, damn, I'm just staring at the screen. <laughs> like, do it, do it. Yeah, just do it, do it, do it live. Should should I? Should, yeah, we'll do it live on the show. Here we go. Fryermuth yeah. for Gordon and Ertz. I hit accept. I sure you want to accept this trade? Cancel or trade? Exclamation mark. I choose trade exclamation mark. Oh, yeah, that's way more exciting than cancel with nothing. Bam. It's yeah. through. I'm the proud new owner of uh, Pet Fryermuth. Nice. Feels good, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It feels real good. Yeah. I now have stock in two of my four dynasties. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, that's a solid move. Um, <sighs> yeah, I feel good. You got me all excited now. Now I want to yeah. go out and make some I've trades. I've got that post-trade glow. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to get a sandwich. Oh, that's a, that's a good call. <laughs> That's yeah, a good big call. glass of water and go uh go see if I can't get another trade up. I'm see as soon as as soon as you were like that, I was like I'm clicking uh-huh. on like three leagues to be like, okay. I okay, know. I gotta get one now. No, I gotta get one. Right. Yeah. I, I want that feeling. Who's still oh. like Oh, it's good. It's are one good. of my is one of my friends drinking right now? <laughs> uh, 